Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for this special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Dr. Debbie Silber, who is the founder of the PBT, Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, and is a holistic psychologist. She is a two-time number one international best-selling author of The Unshakable Woman and From Hardened to Healed, The Effortless Path to Release Resistance, Get Unstuck, and Create a Life You Love. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx twice, and more, she's an award-winning speaker and coach dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, relationships, confidence, and happiness they want. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Intimacy Truths podcast, where we have Dr. Debbie Silber here with us to talk about post-betrayal transformation. Thank you for being here. Uh, My pleasure. Looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. So let us know, where does your journey start with betrayal? Yeah, I don't think there's anybody who says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. No, it doesn't work (laughs) like that. You study betrayal because you have to. It's actually my 30th year in business. And Mm -hmm. as life would morph and change, you know, so would would business. So I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. Mm -hmm. And then I had a real, really painful betrayal from my family. Thought I did everything I needed to do to heal. A couple of years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. Mm. shocked, blindsided, devastated, anybody who's been through it, you, you know how it feels. I so I, I looked, well, I got him out of the house and then I looked at the two experiences and I was like, okay, well, what's similar to these two? And of course me, but what else? Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my own needs seriously. And I knew something, something big had to shift and had to change. So I, here I was four kids, six dogs, thriving business. I was 50 and I'm like, I'm going back for a PhD. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human Mm. potential. 
because I was changing so much, I didn't quite understand it. He was too on his own, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my work, my family, my life. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And so the lie, cheat, and deceive, What? tell us how that came out of those studies. Yeah, that was the demographic I was studying. I was like, you know, it, it's because in a study, you have to find um, like a gap in the literature, what hasn't been studied yet. And people had been, had studied betrayal. And, and originally I was even studying post-traumatic growth and we can get into the discoveries yeah. too. But, um, but there wasn't that lived experience, someone's entire experience before, during and after physically, mentally, and emotionally, when those people closest to them lie, cheat, and deceive. And it was interesting because originally I was studying the betrayal of a family member, a partner, or a friend. And I actually had to drop the friend part okay. because as much as friends infuriate us, make us crazy, they don't break us. Of course, we're never broken, bent, you know what I mean? But yep. they don't they don't bring us to our knees, you know, like the family member and the partner. So um, so it, the study got a little bit refined um, as we went along. Yeah. And, and uh, it, like I said, it, it, it was a shock to just have those discoveries, but um, it, we're doing something really good with something bad. And so uh, when it comes to like the relationships, so mm-hmm. parents, you said, and, and partners, right? Those were the two. Yeah, well, you know, the, the way it is with betrayal, the more we trust, the more we depend on right. someone, the yes. deeper the betrayal. So, yeah. you know, take a child who's totally and completely dependent on their parent. Okay. That's going to have a different impact than, let's say, your best friend sharing your secret, your coworker taking credit for your idea. Still a betrayal, yeah. not the same level of cleanup. Right. Needed. Because of the safety and security that is instilled in the people uh, exactly. at work or friends versus family, mm-hmm. close, close loved ones that are our safety net. Exactly. And so the, the lie, the cheat and the deceive are those, how did those come out of, um, you know, being able to figure out what they were actually experiencing in, in their interactions with their safety net? How did it, well, it's, it is, you know, it's the whole idea of when that person, when the ones we trust the most prove untrustworthy, who do we trust? Right. When the ones, when, when the people we run to, when other people are causing harm are the ones causing the harm. Where does that leave us? It absolutely shatters our sense of safety and security. So that's why betrayal is such a different experience than, you know, some of the other types of traumas. And, and that was, that was the first discovery because originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, you know, post-traumatic growth, I kind of define it as the upside of trauma, any trauma, right? Death of a loved one, disease, whatever, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective that you didn't Mm. have, right? But I had been through death of a loved one and I had been through disease. And I was like, no, betrayal feels very different. I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire self is shattered. Mm. Rejection, 
abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. They're all shattered and they all have to be rebuilt. So it didn't quite qualify for post-traumatic growth. It was like, yes, you rebuild your life, but you also have to rebuild the self. So I coined a new term, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. Mm -hmm. That's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. That was the first discovery. That's amazing. Uh, there's so much that I just like, you're, you're sharing so much. That I want to grab onto all of it because, uh, <laughs> you know, oftentimes when we're stuck in these situations, uh, and we're trying to figure out what it is that we're experiencing mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of there's, it's so unique and, and dynamic because it's the nature versus nurture and the actuality of what's happening versus what we're perceiving and what they're perceiving. And, you know, all of the variations of the decisions and what's going in into the understanding of the overall situation. Um, so the, it uh, back to the lie and the cheat and deceive out of all of the situations uh, that you were presented or the stories, as I say, I, I always attribute it to like a Disney story. Like mm-hmm. one of them might have Cinderella, one might be Snow White, one might be Aladdin. But mm-hmm. at the base of all of the stories is that that lie, that cheat or that deception that they were receiving from others. Um, mm-hmm. And so one of the things I do when I'm working with clients is helping them really figure out what is their story, but what's at the base of their story. And so is that part of your journey now with the PBT Institute? Yeah, well, that's, it, it's definitely one of the, the pieces and that actually, um, there's so much I want to share. So the, yeah. the other thing is, you know, when it, when we talk about lying, cheating and deceiving, it, that was the second discovery that there's, it is so profound. Betrayal is such a profound experience that, that there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's now known as post-betrayal syndrome. So we've had probably 45,000 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. A few things about that. The first thing is we've all been taught and told time heals all wounds. I have the proof. That's not true. People, um, there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people say things like my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust my betrayal happened, you know, 15 years ago. It feels like it happened yesterday. So every couple of months, I actually pull the stats from the quiz. Would that serve if I read some of them? Mm, Yeah, please. Yeah, sure. Okay. So now we have men, women, every age, almost every country is represented. Okay. Out of figure 40, 45,000 people, 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers. And you know, those triggers can take you right down. The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. So you wake up, you're exhausted. That's yeah, tell you know, your adrenals have crashed. Right. 47% have weight changes. So maybe you can't hold food down early on. And then later on, you use food for comfort. Yeah. 45% have a digestive issue. Anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea. That's not even the mental and emotional. Mentally, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% are unable to focus. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted and you're supposed to work every day and you're supposed to raise your kids. Right. Yeah. That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% have extreme sadness. 88% or 83% are very angry. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. A few more. Here's why I wrote the book Trust again. Ready? 84% 
have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but don't know how. Mm. Staggering, right? It, it completely amazing. And in for me, one of the things that I love to do is uh, call out the elephant in the room, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, one of one one piece often in these sort of uh, all the things that you listed off symptoms, um, people feel they don't have power. They're they're feeling mm-hmm. like they're not in control. And uh, sometimes we make decisions when we feel like we're not in control that are against what we're trying to achieve. And so is that part of your process with helping individuals understand like what is actually what they can are responsible for and what the other party is responsible for and how they can't control what the other person is doing? hundred percent. So a few things with that. We in within the PBT Institute, we are there to help the betrayed get to their physical, mental, and emotional best. Mm-hmm. Now, I will never promise because sometimes people come in, oh, I just want to be okay with my partner. We don't know what's going to show up. If they do the work, they may likely outgrow that person. They might not right. be the least bit interested or attracted to them anymore. Yeah. Um, or that person may absolutely step up their game. We never know what's going to show up. So this is this is an opportunity and betrayal lends itself to really creating a new identity. You take all the parts that you love and you leave behind everything that no longer serves. And that's that's that state of post-betrayal transformation. And, and um, it actually, what you said happens very often at one particular stage. Mm-hmm. That was actually the third discovery that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean coming in with symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, to that whole healed uh, place where you've rebuilt your life and yourself of post-betrayal transformation, we're gonna go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is predictable. Yes. And I'm happy to share the stages if you like. Absolutely, yes, please do. Yeah, sure. So it's what we teach in the Institute. It's what uh, trust again, totally mapped out the five stages right in here. Um, But I'm going to give you a distilled version. Ready? Stage one is like before it happens. It's a setup stage. And I saw Mm -hmm. this with every study participant. Me too. If you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, I saw a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, and not really prioritizing the emotional and the spiritual Mm -hmm. feeling and being. Right. So it's not to say if you are just busy thinking and doing, you'll be betrayed. It was just a profile that I saw. Anyway, if a table only has two legs, easy for the table to topple over. That's us. Mm -hmm. Stage two, by far the scariest out of all of the stages. And this is shock D-Day discovery day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, you've ignited the stress response. So we're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Or learned behavior that has been taught to us by our our family and people we've observed. Exactly. Phase two is is this this new awareness that you didn't have before. And that's where that shock kind of comes from. Yeah. Yeah. They're absolutely shocked. So we've ignited that stress response. We also, there's a breakdown of the mind. I mean, you cannot process what you just learned. It makes no sense. Mm. Chaos, overwhelm. And there's a breakdown of the worldview. 
you know, the world views your mental model, the rules that prevent chaos that govern you. Don't go there. Trust this person. This is how life works. Or as you know? I like to say, blind beliefs, blind beliefs yeah. that we've made. Like, why is it inappropriate to talk, not to talk to the person or to talk to the person next to you in a public bathroom stall? Like who right. says that that's inappropriate, right? <laughs> These blind beliefs it, that we make all, all around us. But we all follow it, right? Yeah. But it's really true. So every, every rule that you've known has been shattered. The bottom is bottomed out and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying, right? But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything Mm -hmm. to stay safe and stay alive. That's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three, by far, hands down, is the most common place to get stuck. And I was going to say the hardest one because the survival instincts are, uh, especially if you have a trauma background, there they've been you've been trained into surviving things in a certain way, and so um, that usually those survival instincts are counterproductive. So when you get to this phase, it's not only rewriting all of your identity and your relationship dynamic and everything else; it's rewriting your subconscious mind and your your uh, emotional brain. And that's hard to do. So it's easier to stay stuck, right? So so once we've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, Mm. we think it's good. And because we don't know there's a stage four or stage five, transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know that, we start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. Four things start to happen. The first thing is you get all those small self-benefits. You know, you get to be right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. Feels very comfortable, you know? And so we plant deeper roots. We're not supposed to, but we don't know because we're there and longer than we should be. Now the mind's doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not all that great. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots and then think about it. Like energy attracts like energy. These are the thoughts that you're thinking. This is who you think you are. So now you're attracting people and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. The misery loves company crowd. They come around now too. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's a stage four or stage five. Right here, we resign ourselves. We're like, this stinks, but I don't know there's anywhere else to go. So we start numbing, avoiding, distracting. So right here is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever it is. And think about it to numb, you know, it's to numb, avoid and distract ourselves. So we do it for a day, a week, a month now to have it a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can honestly see someone 20 years out and say that emotional eating you're doing, that drinking you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they look at me like I'm crazy (laughs) 20 years ago. But do you see all they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. It totally does. And anything in excess, if we're doing something in excess, it's like, what are we avoiding? You know, what are we trying to numb with the, the TV, the excessive eating, uh, not even eating, exercising, you know, Mm -hmm. excessive uh, focus on health and, and weight or all of those, you know, anything in excess that is is doing it out of pressure uh, is a result of something that we're struggling with that is stuck inside. Exactly. I mean, and, and I noticed out of the thousands of people we see within, you know, the Institute or wherever I'm, I am, 
and and they you know knowing the stages and i saw so many people kept getting stuck in stage three so from hard to healed like this is just for stage three like it was so bad they needed their own book so stage three i'm coming for you <laughs> we love you people we love you <laughs> like we're here to help. i'm coming for you stage yeah. three. anyway if you're willing to let go of those small self benefits everything you get from it you know grieve more than the loss a bunch of things you need to do you move to stage four stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal so here's where you acknowledge I can't undo this experience, but I can control what I do with it. And when you've made that decision, you start turning down the stress response. So you're not healing just yet, but you just stopped the massive damage you were causing in stages two and stage three. What's also happening is, you know, think about it. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be once you're in this new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, they're not coming. You don't take them with you right here is where you've outgrown them. So people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. If they don't rise, they don't come. Yes. So it's really common to see around this stage. And a lot of the time when I'm trying to explain this to, to clients to help them really understand it's, you know, if you, if your house burns down, you're not going to build it exactly how you had it with the exact colors and all of the exact furniture, right? So that stage uh, three, where three into four where the house has burnt down and now you've got the the you know the base of it the foundation hopefully it's being built a little bit stronger and now you can build the home of your dreams and sometimes building the home of your dreams uh there's a little bit of missing what you had before but knowing that what you uh thought you had versus now what you get to have is two various two very different um important pieces well, hundred percent. You know, I did two TEDx talks and the second one, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? I talk about a house mm. uh, and the difference between resilience and transformation. And I, and I just, it's the same concept, but a yeah. little bit differently where I talk about, you know, resilience is kind of restoring, bringing back, you know, let's yeah. say you need a new roof, you get a roof or you need right. a new boiler, you get a boiler. That's resilience, right? But, but trauma and transformation is, you know, a tornado levels the house. Yes. It's, you know, your boiler's not going to fix it. No. Nope. Or a new roof. And, but here's the thing you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. You'd be right. Call your friends over, have them look, isn't this the most terrible thing you've ever seen? They don't agree. And you don't have to do anything, but if you do choose to build something new, right, why would you build right. the same thing? There's nothing there, yes. right? Why don't give it everything the old house didn't have? That's the opportunity. So and amazing. Yeah. So then when you're in this mental place of stage four, making it cozy, making it home, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Mm. Body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. We didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. We were surviving. Now we do. The mind starts to heal. You're making new rules, new boundaries based on the road you just, you just traveled. And we have a new worldview based on what we see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're so solidly grounded because mm. we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Amazing. And so for me, I'm like, okay, this is where my work starts. Like like the assertiveness therapy and really teaching people how to go after what they want and, and not be afraid to fear of rejection, fear of whatever it is, or even when you're being criticized or manipulated and how to stand up against that and still get your needs met. Um, is that a lot of what you do when you're working with clients? Well, yeah, because, you know, there, there's a, 
throughout the stages, that's when it's the right time to implement certain things. Yeah. When they're, you know, when they're you know, fresh in trauma, that's kind of not the time we right. choose. You know, they have to be a little bit further along. But once they see sort of the light at the end of the tunnel there, once they've, you know, they left stage three, they're moving into four and five. I mean, for me, that's where it gets really fun yeah. because now they're ready for that new level of health, that new you know, opportunity that they never would have had access to had that not happened, that mm -hmm. new relationship, you know, and that's when, that's when they blow their own minds by who they become. It's so and fascinating. That, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Working. I have a prime example, a, a divorced dad who um, had lots of issues with relationships, couldn't figure out what the problem was now is in a situation where met a hundred percent, the ideal partner. Um, and it is, and it's, it's thriving in the relationship because of the transformation and being able to let go of the house that burnt down and building the house that uh, he wants to build. It's so incredible to see that. So um, for you, when it comes to clients and how people find you, where, how does that all work for, for your programs? Yeah, the best thing, just take the healed or hardened quiz. They just find that at healedorhardenedquiz.com. It'll let them know exactly what stage they're in. And then, uh, you know, and then they're going to be confronted with, okay, now, you know, you're in that stage three, what do you want to do about it? You, you have every right to stay there, but life is waiting for you when you, you know, when you're willing to let that go. So um, that I would definitely recommend either the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, they could find that on my site or healedorhardenedquiz.com. Just get started. So you have this sense of where you are and then, um, you know, we'll help you from there. Yeah. When you're ready to take the action, you know, you know, where to, where to go and how to, how to, um, get the help that you need and make sure you're, that's one of the big things I do. I love to talk about too, is making sure you're finding the route, the right helper that's going to get you to where you want to go. Um, and sometimes where we want to go, isn't necessarily where we should go. So being able to have the right helper to really guide us down that journey in a, uh, not traumatic, comfortable way. That's not triggering of our old stuff, right? Obviously we're still going to get triggered, but the helper is, it, it can create more challenge for you than good. Um, so I'm super excited to be sharing your, all of your knowledge. It's a wealth of knowledge, 30 years. That is an incredible amount of time. And, and to see where you, uh, how much you've been able to accomplish in that time. Um, I significantly appreciate you sharing your wisdom with our, our listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. You're welcome. Is there anything last that you'd like to share? You know, I, I, I would, show you that I would say this, rebuilding is always a choice, always, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. I mean, that's what I do with my family. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something from the ground up, brand spanking new with the person who hurt you. That's what I did with my husband uh, not long ago as two totally different people. We married each other again, new rings, new bows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Um, so I would really just want everybody to know you've been through the worst of it. You owe it to yourself to rebuild this version of you that never would have had the opportunity to show up if you didn't have the experience mm. and do something good with something bad. Then it's trauma well served. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing. <laughs>